Welcome to the Hudson Wesleyan Church Podcast, a recording of the weekly messages of Pastor Wesley Rowan during the Sunday worship service. We trust the time you spend listening will enhance your relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, here is Pastor Wes. Original passage that I'm going to invite you to turn to this morning is in Isaiah chapter uh, 41, but you don't have to... um, just linger there because there will be some others we look at. If you would like to be turning in them, I'll reference them uh, as I go along. If um, you want to just listen and 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 not be flipping around in your Bible, that's okay too. But um, we are going to start in Isaiah chapter 41, verse 8. So let's talk about being alone. Being alone. I'm not a big fan of being alone. You, you, those of you who know me well probably know that. I like to be around people. I don't like to be on my own. I don't uh, um, particularly care for just being at home by myself. Um, I, I guess I could say, you know, that the, the older the kids get, there are more and more days where I wish I was alone. But um, it's not my, my thing. Now, for some of you, being alone is like, I mean, that's, that's, the, best, that's the best drug there is. Just get everybody else out of the house, and let's just just make it me, okay? Some people don't like to be alone because they're afraid of uh, what might happen when there's no one else there to be with them, what, to help them, okay? Certainly, we know that as people age and they're not able to do as much for themselves, that that's, that's a conversation that a lot of people, adult children, have to have with their parents. That, that's, that's a difficulty, right? Some people don't like to be alone because they don't like the feeling of being abandoned, or maybe they've had an experience where they were abandoned, and that frightens them. Some people don't like to be alone because they feel as if that, that maybe kind of marginalizes them and, and, and leaves them out of whatever is happening. And, and the reason that other people do like to be alone are, are pretty much the inverse. They, they, they feel uh, more in control when there aren't as many moving pieces or when they aren't uh, overwhelmed uh, by as many things. And I'm not even talking about really extroverts and introverts here. I'm just talking about the idea of being on a, a, a kind of... A, a law unto oneself or only being able to rely on yourself. But what I want to talk about for the next few minutes this morning, and this may spill over into a second week, but I don't think it's going to. We'll see. Um, is not really the physical act of being alone. Because as I've been looking at our community, and, and, and Carrie mentioned this earlier, I, I spend a lot of time out in our community, and I spend a lot of time getting to know the kinds of situations that people find themselves in in our community. And, and I do spend a lot of time in and out of the school and, and, and just watching leaders in our community and interacting with them. And, and here's, here's when I started thinking about God saying that he would be with us or always be with us. This is the thought that came to my mind this week. Most of us are going to find ourselves in a situation in life, and sometimes more often than we would like to admit, where the loneliness that we feel is not a loneliness of physicality, is a loneliness of circumstance. If you have any capacity in your life where you have to be, for example, a leader among people, whether that's in your family, parenting, okay? Whether that's in your job, you have people that that are responsible to you, they report to you. Okay, whether that's maybe in the in the community, maybe in a, in a role that you play, where where people have to kind of follow your lead, even in church, where people have to look up to you. You're, you're leading a ministry or a, a Bible study, or you're on the board, or whatever the case may be. 
most of us are going to have situations and circumstances where we are put in a place where the environment begins to feel very much like we're on an island. Maybe surrounded by people, but very much on an island. Sometimes that even happens with us as a group, where we feel like, collectively, we're sort of on an island. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 41 The prophet is speaking through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and he is talking about um, some things that are going to come down the pipe. And he's actually referencing a a world leader that that is one who is very feared and who is going to come into a lot of destruction, okay? And in talking about that in the first verses of chapter 41, and I'm not going to read them all for you, Isaiah comes to this place right before he gets to verse 8, where it's kind of like if you just stop the reading there, you would probably feel very, very worried, very concerned, very alone. But then the prophet shifts gears, and he's speaking, remember, to the people of Israel, and he says to them, but you, O Israel, my servant, so God is speaking through the prophet, I have, Jake, I have chosen you. He calls them Jacob. That is, of course, their patriarch. I have chosen you. You came from Abraham. I have called you from the most remote parts of the earth. And I've said, you're my servant. I've chosen you. I've not rejected you. Now, here's verse 10. Do not fear or don't be afraid. I am with you. Do not anxiously look around you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Think about your life, about your situations that you find yourself in on a regular basis. Maybe it's as a Spouse, maybe it's as a subordinate, maybe there's someone over you in authority. But think about the different situations in life where you find yourself knowing what you have to do or knowing what you ought to do, but feeling the loneliness of that position. You say, well, how would I know if I'm in that kind of position? Well, here's some some phrases or some words that you might find running through your brain. nobody understands what I'm feeling right now. And that's a legitimate thought, by the way. I mean, sometimes it can be used maybe for some self-pity, but that's a legitimate thought. It is true that we sometimes find ourselves in situations or circumstances where the people around us cannot know how we are feeling. In fact, we may find ourselves in circumstances where we're not even allowed to tell them how we're feeling. I've learned this in leadership. I happen to be involved in a handful of things. I was having a conversation just the other day with someone where they were telling me about something that I knew more information about than what they were telling me, but I wasn't allowed to tell them what I knew because they didn't know what I knew. So sometimes that feeling, parents, we go through this all the time, dealing with our kids and we're trying to, you know, walk that line, right? 
of, you know, especially as our kids get older, of knowing when do we let them in on there's more to the story than they know. But sometimes we find ourselves thinking, no one understands what I'm feeling. Another way sometimes you can diagnose that you're in a situation like this is when you find yourself saying, if that person knew what I knew, they would be behaving differently. Sometimes you might find yourself saying to your, in your mind something like this. I wish I didn't have to be the one that was responsible for this thing. Think again about the family dynamic, and then we'll also compare it to some things that we see in, in the workplace or in the community. When you're a kid growing up, more or less, about how much responsibility and care do you have to have about the, the ugly details of life? Not many. You don't pay the bills, right? You don't look at the checking account balance. You don't get up and go to work every day. You don't have to worry about that stuff. You don't have to worry about the interpersonal relationships of the extended family that much. You're a kid. But as you get older, and I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but I'll bet many of you can, can identify with this. As you get older and you develop into adulthood, do you ever look back on your childhood and go, man, how much, now, now that you're an adult and you know what adult, adulthood is like, look back on your childhood and go, man, I wonder what my parents may have been dealing with and going through that I never realized because I was a kid. The same thing happens, I've seen this happen repeatedly in leadership and in the community. When someone goes from being a person who's just, for lack of a better term, your, your average guy on the street or your average woman on the street, into being a, a person of leadership or a person that is now responsible for things, I've seen it happen in the church. When someone goes from being a parishioner to being a board member, their eyes are opened. They're just, they're, they're, they have a little more information available to them, right? Think about your own workplaces or your own situations you've been in. When someone is, is bumped up a level to where they receive more information, you ever notice how their behavior sometimes changes because all of a sudden they are now operating off of the circumstances that they, they kind of know the underbelly of as opposed to when they were just operating as an average employee or community member? That's the loneliness I'm talking about. And we all face it in one capacity or another. The children of Israel were facing it collectively because they are looking at, remember, they had not always followed God closely. They, they had gone through a lot of ups and downs and God had allowed some bad things to happen to them. And, and the word about some of the kings of, of the earth that were in neighboring countries is, is worrisome to them. And as they are worrying, God comes to them and says, yes, this situation is real, but do not be afraid. I will be with you. I want to jump over to the book of Joshua. You know, remember Joshua. Joshua was what? He, he, came, he became leader after who? Who was, who was the leader of the children of Israel before Joshua? We're talking about him on Wednesday nights in the book of Exodus. I'll give you a clue. It's Moses. Moses. 
What had Moses done? Moses, I mean, he is the big cheese. He brought them out of Egypt. He brings them through the wilderness. Man, I love Moses. God, if you don't do something about these people, I'm going to kill them. He said that to God. Man, he was like a parent. All right? This is Moses. I'm going to find my bottle of water here. Moses is, I mean, wow. Brought him across the Red Sea. Moses is dead now. And God has appointed Joshua to be not just the one who takes the lead, but the one who takes them into the promised land. This is the equivalent of Joshua going from working a desk job and letting the boss and the board of directors handle all the difficult decisions to being promoted to the the CEO and being given like the biggest problem task that there was. We got to get into that promised land and we got to get through Jericho and you're going to be the one to do it. You know what Joshua's response is? Probably a lot like Moses' response when God showed up to Moses and said, hey, you're going to deliver the people from Egypt. What am I going to do? How is this going to be possible? And in Joshua chapter 1, verse 5 and verse 9, I want to read these for you. God says to Joshua, no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life Just as I have been with Moses, I'm going to be with you. I will not fail you. I will not forsake you. Have not I commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Joshua is on an island, a leadership island, a community island, an interpersonal island. These people, I'm expected to take them into the promised land. And God says, do not be afraid. The same thing that he had said in Isaiah, or that he eventually actually will say in Isaiah. Do not be afraid. I am with you. I am your God. Fast forward to the New Testament. This familiar story that we just talked about a couple of times back over Advent. The angel shows up to Mary and says, guess what? You've got a promotion too. You thought you were just a young woman just engaged to be married and getting ready to go off and start your own family. Well, you're pregnant. That sounds like a promotion, right? You're pregnant. Oh, and the one that you're going to give birth to is not just any child. This is the son of the most high God like getting a promotion and living under a microscope you got to raise god and mary says huh that's not the original greek but that's more or less what she said what how can it how is this going to happen again and what is the response The power of the Most High is going to overshadow you. In fact, what is conceived in your womb will be born of him.
as I'm looking at the new year and as I'm looking at the circumstances that, that many of you will probably find yourselves in over the next months, I anticipate that there are going to be moments in career, in family, in community where you feel very alone. Some of you are going to feel alone because you have a weight that you have to bear that nobody else can bear for you. Some of you are going to feel alone because you have to make decisions, whether it's for your, your kids or for your parents or your, your family members or maybe in the workplace, where the responsibility for making the decision is going to have to fall on you and you aren't going to be sure that you are up to the challenge. Some of, that, that some of us are going to experience those things this year. Some of you are going to feel alone because physically, people that you have relied on to help you in those situations are no longer here. We've had some loss as a church. You know, I still, just on a very personal note for us as a church, I still realize that every time that our board sits down around a table together, like we're going to do this afternoon for our board meeting, We're missing people that were there not that long ago. The people that I would have turned to and said, help me here. Right? Some of us are going to feel very alone because we're facing life individually when we were used to facing it with someone else. Heaven forbid, but it's possible that some, some amongst us will go through that for the first time this year yet. We don't know. Some of you are going to feel alone because you have to do what you know is right. And at work or in community, you might feel very alone. Let me tell you that that experience, that feeling is real and it is justifiable because if it wasn't, God wouldn't have spent time talking about it. We get so caught up sometimes in the verses in the Bible that say, well, don't be afraid and don't be anxious and don't worry and God's in control. And, and we talk about, well, so, so that's what we need to do. I look at them from the, back, from the back door, that God wouldn't be commanding us about those things if he didn't verify that those are actual emotions that we feel, Right? Why would God tell us not be afraid unless he knew that fear is a real thing? He doesn't disqualify our uncertainty. He says it's real and it's there and yet I am going to be with you. Some of you might feel alone in relationship this year. People that you were close to or people that you thought you were close to and it's just not panning out the way you had it drawn up in your head or even the way that it actually was. It's just things have changed, right? It's gonna happen. I hate to tell you this, but some people are gonna end this year and they're probably gonna feel more distant from even family members than they are right now. And we're going to feel very alone. So what does it mean? And in, in that insert that's in your bulletin, we're not really going to walk through this, but there is a little place there where you can do your own brainstorming and even after the service is over, maybe take that and just do some of your own thinking. But what does the scripture tell us? The same Isaiah who is prophesying the word of the Lord that says, I will never 
leave you, I will be with you, comes alongside in chapters after that and begins to talk about the one who is going to come to be with the people of God. Right? We know Isaiah prophesies about the coming of Jesus. Joshua himself is taking over as a representative from Moses, and Moses was in a way a foreshadowing of Jesus, the one who would come to deliver his people out of their bondage. And so it all points us to the God who came to be with us. And so I would take you to that man, that Jesus, and I would take you to the end of his time here on earth. And I would take you to the cross where as he hung there, that child of Mary, the byproduct of her womb when she had said, how will this be? And the answer came, God himself will overshadow you. That Jesus is hanging on the cross and he cries out to his father, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me. Now, had God really abandoned Jesus? No, he had not. He had not abandoned him. Jesus was right exactly where the Father needed him to be. But it was causing this separation in their spirit because Jesus was bearing the sins of the world. Listen to me, my friends, in your vocation, in your career, in your daily life, in your family, wherever you find yourself and you sense that aloneness, that, that, that island that you feel like you're living on, I want you to remember that Jesus hung on a cross and cried out to his father, why have you abandoned me? Remember, a few hours before, he had been praying in the garden, I don't really want this to happen. Have you ever found yourself in that situation? Silently praying in your head, God, is there any other way? I'm not the man, I'm not the woman for this job. I can't do this. It's too much. The weight is too difficult. Doing what's right when nobody else wants to do it is too much. Jesus identifies with that. Nevertheless, not what I want, but what you want be done. Isaiah says, do not fear, do not anxiously look about you. I don't think that this is the Lord saying, you should never, be, you should never feel any anxiousness. I think what this is, is God saying, don't be looking about you for the solution to your position. I'll be the first to admit, and I imagine others would join me in saying that when we feel secluded, some of our initial reactions are not very holy. When we feel alone, we start grasping, we start lashing out, we start responding. Why? Because we're trying to get our feet under us. We're trying to have something that is firm enough ground that we can say, okay, this is where I'm at. Okay? It's kind of like when, when you're in a lake or, or a pond or a body of water that you're not that familiar with and you start to kind of feel yourself kind of getting farther and farther from shore and you sort of start reaching out and kind of splashing about trying to just find that solid footing that you had a few moments ago. 
That's usually our response. That's usually our reaction. And the prophet is saying, don't be anxiously looking all around you for the solution to your loneliness or your abandonment or your feeling of of being on an island by yourself. Why? Because I, the Lord your God, am with you. Jesus hanging on the cross, feeling abandoned by the Father, was no less in the center of God's will simply because he was feeling the withdrawal of everyone around him. He was despised, he was rejected, he was left alone. Friends, I would come into your life if I could and take away all the loneliness and all the times that you feel abandoned, all the times that you feel like nobody else understands or cares. I would. But sometimes... Not only do I not have the capacity to do that, but sometimes in those positions, we are right where God needs us to be. Not in a martyr mentality that says, well, I guess I'll do it if nobody else will. But in a kingdom mentality that says, if this is where God is going to do his work, then I will raise my voice with Mary and say, let it be unto me as you have said. Look, friends, no matter your age, your experience, where you find yourself at in life, I wish you didn't have to go through any loneliness this year. But when you do, and when you're the only person that can feel it or understand it, and when you're tend to be bound up in the frustration of people who will never understand. Step back and think, has God given me an opportunity in this moment to be exactly who he needs me to be? It's not always easy. And we should come around each other as a church. That's one of the beauties of coming into worship, you know. You don't all know what's going on in other people's life, but we can come in here to worship together and we can at least lay claim to those things that we have already been talking about this morning to say we believe and together we are going to be one even though we don't understand everything that everyone's going through, right? So I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you. I want to welcome you into the journey of sometimes being alone. Because even when you're alone, you're never alone. How firm a foundation, ye saints of the Lord. Where has he laid it? In his excellent word. What more can he say than to you he has said? to you who for refuge to Jesus have fled. Go to the word. Spend time alone with the Lord. Quiet your heart before him and realize that in your aloneness, he is there. And the songwriter will quote almost the exact words from the prophet. I'll strengthen you hold you, 
and cause you to stand. How? Upheld by what? My righteous omnipotent hand. When through the fiery trials your pathway will lie, my grace all sufficient will be your supply. The flames will not hurt you. My only design is thy dross to consume and thy gold to refine. In my loneliness, whether it's leadership or community or parenting or whatever it is that we deal with, if I can come out on the other side saying I have been refined to look like Jesus more, then sign me up for that because you're never really alone. Lord, how many times have we in frustration and and being overwhelmed wanted to just give up, just to go back to being the everyday experience of get up, go do what I've got to do and, and unplug and that be it. But you have called us into an environment, us into a world Sometimes where we walk alone, but you walk beside. And so, Lord, in these days to come, help the people of this church to be people who are being refined in the image of Jesus and willing to take up the positions of loneliness for the kingdom, knowing that you have gone before and that you walk with us. We give you praise in Christ's name. Amen. My friends, may the Lord bless you as you go on your way. I hope you have a great, fantastic week and that we are willing to go to the places where he's called us to go, no matter the cost. You are dismissed. This message is a ministry of Hudson Wesleyan Church, where our mission is to see lives transformed for the glory of God. For more information, you may contact the church at 517-448-6411 or at hudsonwesleyan.org. Thank you for listening, and may God richly bless you.